You notice we still have our nativity scene up, complete with the shepherds and the magi are visiting. We're still in what we call the epiphany period, epiphany season, you might call it. And you think, well, last week we had the epiphany of the Lord, right? That's when we celebrated the, the magi coming to visit Jesus at his nativity. But we also celebrate the epiphany of the Lord, epiphany meaning the revelation of the Lord on, with his uh, baptism and with the miracle at the wedding of Cana. So those really, those three events we think of as, as all part of the epiphany. So today we celebrate the baptism of Jesus at the Jordan and that will complete our Christmas season. Tomorrow we'll go back to ordinary time. So you can uh, take down your Christmas trees tomorrow. <laughs> if you haven't already. The readings today are really full of meaning. We could just focus on the gospel reading. Because this is about what we're hearing about First of all, is the revelation of the Lord, revelation of who Jesus is. And we've heard from many already proclamations of who Jesus is, going all the way back to the angel's annunciation to the Virgin Mary in the dream of Joseph. We, uh, God was revealed to Elizabeth when Mary visited her. At, the, at his nativity, the angels appeared to the shepherds, and the magi visited him to give him homage. And then later on at the, at the temple when he was presented, uh, the priest Simeon and the prophetess Anna recognized who he was. So we've heard throughout who this is, but today we hear God himself reveal who Jesus is. God himself, the angels, the, the heavens open, and God himself says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And notice in this reading, we hear the Trinity. You might often hear people say, well, you know, the, the word Trinity is never mentioned anywhere in the Bible. That's true. But the Trinity is clearly described right here in this passage that we heard in the Gospel reading. Now, I'll read it again. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him, and a voice from the heavens, God, saying, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. They're all three there. They're all three together, acting together. So we hear the Trinity, and clearly Jesus, the Son of God, is the second person of the Trinity. So it's clear from the Gospel reading that Jesus is the Son of God. And if we, Jews at the time, and the way this unfolds, it's clear what kind of Savior Jesus is going to be. 
You know, at the time Jesus was, was living, there were many, many people were expecting a Messiah, a Savior for Israel. To Most people were thinking to save them from the Roman rule or save them from corruption in the, the temple or whatever it was. Some people were expecting a new David, you know, who would be a military political leader. Some people were expecting a new Moses, a new uh, kind of a lawgiver. Many people were expecting Elijah himself, the great prophet, to physically come back. So they were waiting for something to happen. And as they read their scriptures, there's many, uh, many prophecies about a Messiah of one kind or another. But most people weren't expecting what they've got in Jesus. And in the gospel reading and the way the events unfolded as baptism, it's clear it's pointing back to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, uh, chapter 42. It's called the, the poems, the songs about the suffering servant, it's often called, or the servant savior. And that's what we heard in the first reading. So listen to what the first reading, just a little bit of what we heard before, and notice the parallels to what was described at Jesus' baptism. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased. Upon him I have put my spirit. He shall bring forth justice to the nations. A lot of parallels. And in the Isaiah, what the Lord tells Isaiah is about a Savior who is going to be the Redeemer, the Redeemer of the people of Israel. Uh, and I want to read a little bit more of what it says uh, also in, in this part of Isaiah. Isn't this the kind of Savior that we're looking for? But now, thus says the Lord, who created you and formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. Through rivers, you shall not be swept away. For I, the Lord, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. That's God talking to us. And that lays the foundation for Jesus' mission. And notice it's redemption, a redeemer. And what that meant, especially in the time of Jesus and for many years after, redemption referred to a situation where if someone got into debt and couldn't pay their debt, you know, they didn't go to the bankruptcy court, they had to go work and basically become a slave to the person they owed money to until they worked off their debt. So they were literally in servitude. Uh, and this was enforced legally. So they had to go work their debt off. They were essentially prisoners or, or slaves. 
But you could, the, the person's um, family, their wife or brother or father or mother could redeem them from this servitude by paying a price, by basically paying off their debt for them. Well, notice that's what Jesus says he is. Our Savior is our Redeemer. Our Savior has come to redeem us from slavery, from servitude to what? To death. Right? We are, we are destined to die, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, came into the world to be our Redeemer. And so he pays the price to free us from the, the curse of death by giving his own life for us through his own suffering and death and resurrection. And the wonderful thing about Jesus and a wonderful thing about this mystery of life, death, and resurrection is that after the resurrection, you're not the same. You're not, you don't just go back to where you, we were. God creates something even better. And that's what we get a hint of at, at Jesus' baptism. He goes under the water and then is acknowledged by God as the Son of God. There's no going back, right? His, he, he is, his mission is clear. And it's the same with us when we are baptized. Jesus calls us to be baptized. Jesus calls us to go through the water as he does and to come out new, to come out a new creation. And so when we are baptized, we become part of the body of Christ. We are cleansed of our sins, most importantly cleansed of original sin. We are, we become children of God. We become literally brothers and sisters of the Lord by adoption, by our baptism, by God's grace that we receive through baptism. So one other point about Jesus' baptism, notice that it's not the end of the story. Jesus' baptism is the beginning of the story. And so it should be with us. We were, most of us were probably baptized when we were children. That was only the beginning of the story. We are called to follow Jesus in his ministry. And as it said, going back to the first reading, his ministry is to open the eyes of the blind. The blind, the people who think this life is all there is. Jesus calls us to help bring prisoners out of confinement. Confinement that people find themselves in when they're trying to find happiness through everything but God, right? And to bring people out from, from the dungeon, those who live in darkness, those who think they're by themselves in this world. So we're called by our baptism to follow Jesus and give glory to God for the eternal life that he gives us in baptism.